0: Market journal. You're going to start with two journals. First one's a market journal. Go down to Staples or Office Depot, one of those. Buy a relatively expensive, don't buy the little paper journal that costs $3. Buy a fake leather bound or a leather bound one. It costs you about 20 bucks. Because you're going to keep this thing for probably 60 years. You want it to look nice on the bookshelf. And when you die, it's going to go to your kids or your grandkids if you teach them the stock market. You don't want to give them a piece of crap journal. Give them something that's a little bit of quality, because you want it to last. What you're going to do is you're going to record your daily observation of what happened in the market. they got to be personal to you. you can, if you want to go find what somebody else writes, go to briefing.com, and you can see what they write. Don't write what they write, because that's not your journal. You're just copying their journal. When that person moves on to another job, then you won't know what to write. Write your journal. When you start off, you'll be clueless. You'll not know what to write. Perfect. Totally what I expect. Over time, you'll get better at it. You're going to record how the market reacted to economic reports, to Fed activity, any, any major news items. Record what you think caused the market to move. Take a look at it and study it. Write it down. Say, I don't have a clue. Then write that down in your journal. I don't have a clue. After a few weeks of writing that, you'll start to work at it a little harder. Embarrassing to write that for too long. Most days, you expect your journal to be very brief, a couple of sentences. Some days, where the journal entry is about a half page or more. A couple of days a year, you might see a page, and you'll know on those days because that's when the when the stock market is the headline news. It's the day you're probably going to be writing a lot more in your market journal when you have the big movement days. What you're doing is your your goal is to develop your understanding, a sense for the market. It's going to take time. You don't need to be right or wrong. You're just jotting stuff down. Record your personal thoughts. Be very patient. You're going to get better at time at this. Marriage. I want you to get married to three stocks eventually. What do I mean by married? What you're looking for is you want to, ultimately, your long-term objective is to have the majority of your stock market wealth invested in a portfolio of long-term holdings spread out over about 12 names. It's going to take you decades to get there. It's going to take a while. Assuming you're starting with twenty five hundred bucks, going to take a while. What you want to do is get very comfortable with maybe three of them in your long term holdings to the point where you can tell. Driving in your car down the freeway, you hear some news event, and they say Fed Reserve announced interest rates are going to rise, or GE had this happen, or IBM had that happen, or something else happened there, and you just you turn to the person in the car beside you go, you know, IBM's gonna drop fifty cents on that. How do you know that? Why well, I, I don't know. Just studied this stuff enough, I can tell. But how do you know? Just looked at it enough, you just get a feel for it. The easiest the analogy on this is I've never been in the car with you, have I? No, not her, you. Never, right? I know her enough, I know her name. I know her enough, she's female, so I know, if she's a person, I know I can say something that will piss her off, and I know I can say something that will not piss her off, make her happy. It's just human nature, right, just common sense. What I don't know is, if she's an animal lover, I have no idea, but imagine we're in the car, and let's say I'm driving, and we're driving down the freeway. And there's a small dog. Let's use a cat because I don't like cats. So a small cat runs in front of us. And I, I didn't make a move for it, but man, it just happened to run right under my wheel. And now it's an ex-cat. Right? It right? is a, now a dead cat. On, it's, not, it's not a dead one. I injured it. Let's make it even better. And now we hear the cat yelping a little bit. I don't feel good about it, but I don't really like cats. And I ain't worried about it. I got some place to go. But now I don't know if you like cats or not. And I don't know you enough to know, we say, my God, you got to hit the brakes, we got to go rescue the cat. Some people will say, you got to do that. It's just the right thing to do. Other people go, that's really, un- let's get going, we got to go. And it's not right or anything, you know, that's really wrong to do that, that's fine, you're entitled to your opinion. Some people will freak out about that, the fact that you hit the animal and left it there. Other people will say, that's really unfortunate, cats shouldn't have been in the freeway, they should know better. I don't know you well enough to know how you'd react. How would you react? That's a good answer. A dead cat. We'll talk about dead cats later on. But the point is, over time, if I spent enough time with her in the car, or just in talking, I'd figure out how she would react when I hit a cat. And I'll be able to answer that. Next time we're driving down the road and hit a cat, and the person in the backseat goes, Oh man, what's she going to say? I already know. Because I've seen it before. I know how that stock reacts to that action. When I first bought the stock, I had no idea. When I first looked at the stock, I had no idea. I had to experience it to now know how that stock is going to react to that news item. That's all it is. So what you're going to do is you're going to pick three stocks. You don't have to do this day one. Eventually, you want to build to this. Pick three stocks that are in your long-term holdings. The instructions are up there on what you do. The objective is to understand how that cat, how the cat, how that is how that cat reacts to your tire. How that stock will react to the news so that when that news event happens, you are very comfortable. Because remember, you've got effectively one-twelfth of your net worth tied up in that stock. You want to know how it's going to react so that you don't. What does it say to do up there? It says print out a five-minute chart every single day. So what news are you looking at? Then it says study that chart. If you see it it had a significant move during the day, go find out what that news event was that caused that stock to move. You want to see this happen? Next time you see there's an FOMC news release, minutes release, go look at the S&P 500 at 11 a.m. in the morning, L.A. time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Watch how the market will jump when they, when Yellen announces that we're either going to raise rates or keep them the same or lower, whatever she's going to do, the stock market will jump. Now, pick one of your long-term holdings and look at what it did on a five-minute chart at that time. You will see it jump. Now you know what it does on that news event. Do that over the course of months and years, and you'll get very comfortable with what that stock is likely to do with that. All it is is it's building intimacy with a stock. It's gonna take a while. You're not gonna be a phenomenal at this after six months. It's gonna take a few years. And you've got to see lots of different news events. You don't study this in detail. You just look at, hey, there's movement. What was the news that caused the movement? If you can find it, you can find it great. If you can't, don't worry about it. It Takes a while. Is it worth doing? You got one-twelfth of your stock market net worth tied up. I think it's worth doing, but seems next thing you wanna do is write a personal journal. The thinking on this, imagine you got handed a journal written by your great grandparents that had words of wisdom, advice, things that they learned along the way, that when they die, goes to the grave with them. Think about what you'd want to tell your kids. That's part of the reason I'm recording the class, is so my kid can hear this. right? Hear dad. Not so I hear Dad speaking, hear Dad's wisdom that's there. right? Imagine if they'd written that stuff down, you could capture that. That's absolutely huge. Not only do you treasure reading it, there could be great value in there. You've got a ton of wisdom in your brain. you just got to write it down and capture it. Here's a way to do that in that personal journal. You don't have to do an entry every day. You just kind of read through it. It's pretty straightforward. What you want to do is this. When the curiosity is so strong, you're trying to figure out why I tell you to buy the options that I do. Go find a couple of stocks that are incredibly volatile. So in today's environment, I've got Google, Baidu. I don't think I would put Apple in that group. Tesla might fall into that group. But these are going to change over time. Stocks will lose their their volatility periods. What you're going to do when you see one of those stocks set up at the time of year that you expect it to have a very long move, which would say in front of the fall season, we'll cover that in a little bit. When you see the setup, so you get a 3X on ABC volatile stock, then every day for the next two-ish weeks, you're going to do the following exercise. You're going to print out the options chain for two months out, and then again for five months out. Print out the entire options chain on this very volatile stock. You're doing that anyway if you're doing what I told you to do by tracking your trades. But now we're going to add one other feature to it, What you're going to also capture on that is delta and gamma. You say, like Denise was asking, where do I find this info? Different brokerages have it in different spots on the options chain. It may be you just need to look at it and write it by hand next to all the options. If you got to do it that way, don't complain too loud. It's going to take you 10 minutes. It's not a big deal. If you can print it out, print it out. So you're going to capture delta and gamma do not whine about it. This is, it's incredibly cheap compared to spending thousands of dollars in a class. It's an easy way to figure this out. Just shut up and row. Grab the oars and pull. So you're going to capture delta and gamma. And again, you want to do this just in front of a 3x, because now we anticipate the stock's going to move. So at least I, I know that I'm going to get some movement off the stock. So after the two-week period, when you've captured all of that data, delta, gamma, as well as the stock price movement and now you, and you've printed out the entire options chain. Then what you're going to do is pick one option. So if you did this, let's say we did this in early October, right in front of the fall season. when We expect the market to rise. We do it on ABC volatile stock. Stocks at 200 bucks when you buy in. So what you're going to do then is, let's say you track the $200 strike two months out. So we would track a December option as an example. You're going to look at what that option did over that two week period. The 200 on 200 strike for December, we'll look at it on October 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th for that two week period. And now, if you do that, you'll notice, you'll be able to track and say, well, what, what impact did this, if the stock moved a couple of bucks, what impact did that have on Delta? And what impact did that have on Gamma? And what impact did that have on the overall percentage move on the option? And so you can do that with an at-the-money option, then do the same thing with an in-the-money option, and then do the same thing with an out-of-the-money option. It'll take you about two and a half, maybe three, three and a half hours on a Saturday, and you'll understand options, and you'll understand them cold. You'll understand delta. You'll understand gamma. You'll be able to teach the damn shit. It's not that hard. Okay? You can't quite write a book, but with the engineers at a backyard barbecue, you can walk circles around them because you'll have done that. Okay? Easy way to do it. But do not do that tomorrow because we're at the time of year where the market's flat. And I say that and watch tomorrow be a crazy day just because I said this. But you want to do that the time where you expect the stocks to have big moves, generally in the fall. We'll cover that a little bit later on. Students that have done this always come back and go, man, that explained that so easily. And they'll say, you know what? You were right. If I just buy a 70 Delta, I get the best returns overall. I know. I told you. But now you understand it and you go, man, I could have saved myself a lot of time. I know, but most people want to figure it out for themselves. The way that you can track that, and it's very simple. It's incredibly effective. It'll improve your results dramatically. Most of you won't do it, but it's incredibly effective. Dramatic improvement in your results if you'll do it, and most of you won't. Let me say it again. It's very easy. <laughs> it's incredibly effective dramatic improvement in your results. If you'll do it, most of you won't. What you do is this, when you enter a trade, immediately print out all the charts. The weekly, the daily, the 233, the 55. Notice on there, it doesn't say do a screen capture. This is not something you put in Dropbox. Print out the chart. Make a hard copy print, go buy a nice laser printer, Buy an extra toner. Buy a boatload of paper. They got it on sale all the time at Office Depot and Staples. Print out the charts. Then on each and every single chart, you write down three things, three paragraphs. You write down everything that you see. What do you see on the charts? So you're going to print out the weekly. What do you see on the weekly? Write down what you see. Then you're going to write down what you know. What do you mean, what do I know? Well, maybe you know that earnings is coming up. Maybe you know that there's an economic report coming out. Maybe you know that the S and P chart is going up or going down. Whatever you know that has an impact on that, as best you can. And then the last part's hard. This is a little, what's the right word? A little touchy feely. You write down everything you felt when you entered the trade. What was going on in your head? Were you cocky? Were you arrogant? Were you confident? Were you scared to death? Were you in a bad mood? Were you in a good mood? Did your dog just die? Did your kid just do well? Spouse's argument? Who knows? you got to write down all that stuff that's going on in your head. Because that's the stuff that ends up being the most troublesome for your trading results. And so you got to capture all that as best you can. It's not easy early on. After a while, it becomes pretty easy. Early on, it's not not that easy. And then, so you, you capture all that on every time frame. You don't need to write your felt 14 or five different times. Write it down once, it's going to apply across all of them. But you got to write down what you see on all the other ones. Then when you exit the trade, you want to print all the charts again. And then you want to write down why you chose to exit. You don't need to write on every chart, just why you get out. If you had more than one reason, write them all down. So I got out because of this. Then what you're going to do is staple all those together, file them away. But every three months, every 90 days, give or take, lock yourself in your home office or go to work on a Saturday morning. Plan on spending half a day at least doing this. You're going to go back and review all your past trades for the last three to six months. And you're going to look at the charts and you're going to pay attention to what did you see based on what you wrote down, any outside stuff going on, and what did you feel. If you do that, you will see patterns in what you're doing. Some of the patterns will be good, some of them won't be, but they're very instructional. And what you're looking for on this, are the things on the charts that you're missing? And more importantly, are the things going on between your ears that are impacting you? What will happen? Your job in doing that is to identify the things you're doing right, identify the things that you can do better, and then you got to fix it. Some guy came up on the break and he said, you notice, he said, you know, I'm looking at these trades I've done, I've seen this and this and this. And he was talking about stuff and I was looking at him smiling. He looked at me, he was smiling back. I said, I think he answered the question. He goes, I think I did, I just realized. He goes, I'm too jumpy. I'm trying to trade things that aren't there. I said, you're seeing it. You ought to be seeing that, I didn't say this, but I think he's still here. I'll say it, hopefully he can hear me. He he ought to be writing down the stuff on what you're feeling as you get in the trade is you're going to find that you're getting jumpy on it. And if you see that a lot, then you realize, oh, that's what I'm doing. I describe this to people as the hardest part about this is figuring out your emotions, how they screw you up. What you end up doing, this is a really graphic one. i got a surgeon in the room, so please don't do this literally. You're going to take a scalpel. You're going to cut from the base of your chin to your belly button. Slice it, peel back the skin, and then get a wire brush and scrub. It hurts. Fucking hurts like nothing you've ever done. But it's cool because once you get through all that then you trade very well because you've scrubbed out all those emotions but it is not fun to go through that nice graphic for you nice language too huh it's painful it absolutely is painful but you're you're going to yeah it's it's not a lot of fun everybody's got it there's no shame in having that it's all stuff that we were brought up with or what we've learned in life and all that shows up in your trading it shows up for everybody you got to you got to figure it out and scrub it out it ain't fun going through it it's awesome once you get through it life's wonderful but it, it is not fun going through it and your job then you got to figure out the oversights that you're making on the charts and you got to learn to reprogram first you got to recognize and then reprogram your habits this is all just habitual stuff you're doing it you may not even realize it. his comment earlier like wow i just realized i'm really jumpy i'm forcing stuff that isn't there and I looked at and i said and he said i think i do that in life too like yeah you do this is not, it's not something that's unique to trading. You're going to see it across all facets of life. So metaphorically, you got to cut yourself, metaphorically, <laughs> not realistically, you got to cut yourself open and scrub. It ain't fun. It is not fun to do. You'll love what you see. You'll learn a ton about yourself. You'll learn a ton about others. The biggest benefit I get from teaching is watching all you guys learn through your stuff and I get to look and go, oh yeah, I've been through that. I ain't doing that anymore. Or I see stuff that you're doing, it's like, ooh, I'm doing that a little bit too. So it's, it actually works out great. For, hell, I should teach the class for free because I learned so much from you guys watching just the coaching stuff. Learn a ton. Incredibly helpful. But until you're able to identify and fix those things that are harmful, you're going to So we know IBM's going to announce after the close this year, October 16th, or at least in the book, Now what I do is I can go back a year ago and I can see, oh, look at that. They announced also on October 16th of 2012, on October 17th of 11, October 18th of 2010, on October 15th of 2009. What I can do now is either go look at a chart and back up the charts and look at the action leading up to those dates that I've got listed, see if you see a historical pattern. And or, the other thing I do is I can print off Using Yahoo historical pricing data, print out the 30-day period prior to them announcing earnings. And then do the 30-day post period. Compare the numbers, see if you see a movement that is consistent in the pre-earnings period, and see if you see movement consistent in the post-earnings period. If you don't see one, that's normal. You're not going to see opportunities on every stop. When you do see them, it is very exciting. There are a lot of opportunities. When you find one of those, what you'll do then is, you'll remember I talked earlier about writing a trading plan? Part of your trading plan will include a calendar that says if you found there was, I don't think there is one here, I didn't put this up as a hint. Or maybe I did. If you were to find that there was a move either pre or post earnings on IBM, in your trading plan, let's say that it showed up two weeks before or two weeks after. In your trading plan on your calendar, you're gonna make a note to yourself that says, Self, about two weeks after IBM does their October earnings announcement, watch for a bullish or bearish move setup that has occurred four of the past five years, or however you phrase it. Or maybe you say self, make note about two weeks in advance of IBM making their October earnings announcement. There is a bullish or bearish move there. And now when you get to that time on your calendar, in your trading plan, now you know what you're looking for. And just because you found that move, you know what's going to happen this year? No, it will work, but it won't give you a setup. Because remember, we still have to have a proper entry and intelligent exit according to plan. It'll often happen, the stock will give, it'll go, oh, look at that, it's running, and I can't find an entry. And what do you do? Let it go. Julia Roberts. She's gone. Let her go, right? Let it go. Telling myself that. Let it go. Okay? You're going to find... That some companies will be consistent in one quarter, and will be inconsistent in another quarter. So as an example, I'm not saying that it is this way, there might be a move, let's say it's a bullish pre-earnings move on IBM, maybe two, three weeks in front of earnings, and maybe there is a bearish move from IBM post, I don't know, post their August or July announcement, I have no idea. They don't always have to be bullish, they don't always have to be bearish, and it's not going to occur every quarter. But when you spot these, they jump out at you. It's pretty cool. You're going to find when you do see these and the trade sets up, oftentimes you'll see an entry on a 55. Please. Mm-hmm. So this question on the post earnings move, do I worry about the estimate? I understand whether they, whether they raise guidance or not. If they beat the estimate and or raised guidance or you know, if they adjusted guidance, I don't. I don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I just look at the charts. Just look at the price action on the post period. Now be careful too, on the post period, so if IBM announces on October 16th of 2012, pretty good bet that on October 17th you're gonna see a gap, right? Either up or down, doesn't matter. That's not that's not part of the move. That's just the reaction to the earnings. Now you take it from that point forward and see if there's a move. Does That make sense? It's because you can't hold to earnings, you can't be in to catch that gap. You just have to let it go. Even though it was probably was going to gap, got to let it go. Mm-hmm. Yes? I've never analyzed it that way. I don't, yeah, I don't worry, I don't go that deep. Sim- shorts and t-shirt, keep it simple. Yeah, there's enough other stuff to analyze. I don't need to add more in there. It com- complexi- watch this, it complexifies it. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. So with earnings, you can either look at charts or you can look at price work, at price action. When you find these, it is exciting. Like, oh, I know what I'm going to look for next year. find one of these. What I urge you as your target, you want to have about 30 of these per quarter. That's how many you're looking for. You might have to go through 120 to find 30, okay? But if you can find 30 of these per quarter that historically have a move, whether it's pre or post earnings, so a quarter is three months, right? If you find 30 of those, that says, how many trades do we do in a month again? Five to 10. If I got 30, I know, all, I know that all 30 are not going to set up. Let's say I get 10 to 15 of them. A third to half. That's in three months. That's two to three trades right there per month. Nice. That have proper entry. And you get the intelligent exit according to plan. And they have got a historical pattern that says to go with that. You're getting everything going in your favor. It's a nice, easy way to trade. It does take work. It takes a lot of work. This week... Find the, go to the earnings calendar. You all should do this. You'll learn something off this. Go to the earnings calendar. Find 50 companies. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Find 50 companies that are announcing earnings that you know are volatile. Jot them all down. And then, what you want to do every day that they're announcing earnings, go to the options chain and look at the, end, the closing price on the day that they announce earnings. So, if IBM's going to announce on Tuesday after the market, Look at IBM's closing price on the current month option for an at the money, right? And now look at it again the next morning. And hopefully on some of those, the stock won't gap. So, you know, IBM will close, will close on Tuesday night at 200 bucks a share and will open, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday morning at 250 cents. So it won't gap much. And what you'll see is in that no gap area, the option price will go from this much to that much and the stock price didn't move. That's called inflation and on, Wednesday morning, that's called, uh, implied volatility, crush, deflation. Basically, the air went out of the balloon. And I'm saying if you do 50, if you do it over 50 of this week, you'll find one. And then Next piece, write a plan. And more importantly, follow the plan. Stick to it. Plan should have a two to even a five-year horizon. Five years? I don't know what the hell I'm going doing in five years. Exactly. Neither do I. But if you have something that you're pushing toward, you're going to course correct along the way. Okay? Don't worry and say, well, I said I was going to retire in five years. That means at the end of year one, I should 20% of the way there. That's wrong. You don't know in five years if you can retire. Excuse me. You'll know at year four if you can retire at year five, but you won't know at year two. Every month, do a review of your current results, compare it to your plan, figure out what you did well, figure out what you didn't do right, correct it so that you don't repeat it again next month. That's how you're going to improve. Every no- So that's you do every month, every three months. Look at your trade over the past six months. Look for patterns of things you did well. Look for patterns of things you did incorrectly. Figure out what the issue is on things you're not doing correctly. Identify it. Fix it. A few times, when you're starting off, it's going to be you didn't understand the rules. After you've been doing this for a while, it's going to be, it's my darn emotions. Either I'm fearful or I'm greedy. And if you'll write down on that trade log, like I told you to, everything that you know, everything you saw, and everything you felt when you get in the trade, it's easily identifiable. Not so easy to fix, but easily identifiable. And then that's the fun part where you get to take out that wire brush. Just before you put that wire brush, you got to cut yourself from your Adam's apple down to your navel. Peel the skin back, take the wire brush and start scrubbing. It's going to hurt like hell. And that'll be nothing compared to the emotional cleansing you got to go through to get there. And everybody's got to do it. Nobody is you.